What is up, everybody? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah, coming at you live on this beautiful Wednesday night to bring you some NBA roundup, Noah. No, it's been a, a good bit since we've just done a good old weekly roundup episode. Yeah, a uh, lot of news, Colin. There wasn't really a great topic that we could think of uh, this week. Uh, you know, next week we have the trade deadline, Colin, and uh, the next couple weeks after that we have something lined up. But we didn't really have anything for today, so you just get a good old news update from the bench chatter boys. What could be better? What could, yeah, I, we're going to do this one like first take. I'm just going to scream at the top of my lungs anytime Noah says anything. Anything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, wow. That, Listeners that, are going to... Yeah, I saw the thing go straight to red. That was, I didn't. That was not great. That wasn't pleasant. No, less than pleasant actually. <laughs> like we should start over unpleasant because we're only a minute in. No. All right. <laughs> we're rolling through. Then we're I rolling guess I through. Get it. <laughs> we're rolling through. Oh, that was all right, listener. You know what? I you know I wish that I could tell you that. That didn't happen, but it did. We're here, and uh, that's part of the pod. I turned my my levels down a ton too, so for, for that to hit red, I, I really had to uh, had to get a noise up there. I surprised You're myself a, a little bit. You are a demon. I'm on I'm on demon time, baby. Purple emoji, purple emoji. Um. <laughs> All right, no, I'm gonna read you. Just uh, to kick the show off, I think I, I've got just a great stat that any listener, any fan of the NBA can just appreciate because it's one of those things that just unites us all. So during last night's win over the Spurs, the Warriors at one point in the night had a lineup of Jonathan Kaminga, Gary Payton, Damian Lee, Chris Chioza, and Jordan Poole. And their jersey numbers are zero zero, zero, one, two, and three, which combine for the lowest possible sum of jersey numbers in any five man lineup. Boom! I didn't even know you could have a zero zero and a zero. On <laughs> right? A I didn't. I didn't know that either. But <laughs> it happened. That feels like people who enjoy that stat and people who freak out over Scorigami. That's just a circle right there. That's just a circle. <laughs> oh, what Kaminga's really double zero and Gary Payton's zero. That's so funny. <laughs> well, it's it's funny enough that they they even like have the guys to complete that because those it, it takes a it takes a personality to be able to wear zero, and then it takes a whole other personality to be able to wear double zero. And to have two of those guys on the same team, that's that's lightning in a bottle right there, baby. They might be the only team that has zero and double zero on the roster. Like, ever? Oh, nope, Nuggets do. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Green, zero. Marcus Howard, double zero. You remember Marcus Howard? Uh, yeah, I do from Marquette. To... He was a baller. Yes, sir. Yeah, he was. I can't believe yeah. that's hilarious. That's a really good stat. <laughs> right? I thought you were going to appreciate that one. Uh, no, there's a lot to catch up on on this week. Where where should we start 
to get in because I think there's just a lot of different topics we can go on, you know. If some of them take 15 minutes, that's great. If some of them only take a minute or two, that's fine. Like, you know, it's, it's just all about the NBA and what's cooking. Yeah, I'll just uh, – we can just start it off light, Colin. We'll talk about the Pelicans, um, a team – who we have that gets not really talking so much press coverage from every major news outlet. <laughs> yeah, um, the only press they're getting is why is Zion so fat? When is he coming back? <laughs> um, that's about all the news they get. But and they won't even answer those uh, questions, so it's no, no. a pretty lame <laughs> news cycle. Radio silence coming from New Orleans. <laughs> I actually I had uh, a friend the other day. <laughs> he goes, Colin, you have a basketball podcast like you follow the nba and i was like yeah well i hope so and he's like is is zion williamson like ever gonna play basketball again and i was like yeah i think so you know maybe (laughs) (laughs) i i sure hope so i don't know if he does he's in that mountain dew commercial so you know that's a good sign (laughs) lifetime supply of mountain dew is all that guy needed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's I hope really, they send him Diet at least uh, Zion Williamson One career all-star Lifetime supply of Mountain Dew Tanked Nike stock for like two days there <laughs> What a career Hall of Fame fucking career Had that one block in college Where he sent it to like the fucking rafters <laughs> Boom uh, Had one season where he was on the shack um, <laughs> so all right, was. the Pelicans, Colin. Yeah. This news came out via Lisa Bradley of HoopsHype.com. Uh-huh. Uh, sources. The Pelicans okay. appear to be buyers heading into the trade deadline and have expressed interest in several players, including Harrison Barnes, Robert Covington, and Eric Gordon. Um, okay. Kind of surprised they're buyers here, Colin. Um, I... You know, they actually started the season off very badly, Colin. I believe they yeah, started off the season three and thirteen, and they've actually yeah, been I a five hundred three team and since. fifteen. Yeah, something like that. They've actually been playing pretty like five hundred ish ball. Um, another report here, Colin, coming way of Eric Pinketh, uh Report. That's a good name. The Pelicans. The Pelicans view C.J. McCollum as quote the ideal veteran scorer and leader. To play alongside Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. You know what? <laughs> and, no, okay, so th- there's a lot to unpack here. I, I think maybe if you're the New Orleans Pelicans and you look around and say, "Hey, we're the New Orleans Pelicans," CJ McCollum is about as high as we can fly. Uh, maybe. Maybe I understand it, but uh, I don't think anybody's sitting there thinking that C.J. McCollum at $36 million a year is the ideal candidate. Because I think he still has another year or two on his contract for sure. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I I really don't hate it. I mean, I, I don't think it's a terrible fit by any means, but I don't think that if I was to look around the NBA, I'd be like, oh, C.J. McCollum, that guy's the missing piece. The Pelicans are, like, I actually like the fit too, Colin. I, I yeah. think C.J. McCollum is. C.J. McCollum can fit into most of these teams in the league. Yeah. Like, he is a plug-and-play kind of guy. But I'm just confused on, like, where do you where do you see them right now, Colin, uh, with a healthy Zion 
what is what is the ceiling of this Pelicans team? Like, what is your highest expectation for them? Uh, like, next year with C.J. McCollum is a totally different story. But, it, so, yeah, so are you asking, like, this year, like, what is their, their ceiling? Uh, like, look at it more like a broad, like, three... Yeah. Three three years down the line, like okay. where should the Pelicans okay. be? Okay, so then I'll answer the uh, so first. What is their ceiling this year? I think they could win like the play-in tournament and then get swept yeah. by the Suns or the Warriors. I think that's what you're looking yes. at for a killer season. Um, I mean, down the line, like if the Pelicans screw up Anthony Davis and Zion Williamson. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Like you've had all the opportunities in the world to to figure this one out, and you, you know, maybe you should just move out. Like, maybe New Orleans just isn't the place to do this thing. Uh, because realistically, with that kind of talent, I think that Brandon Ingram is a fantastic second option, and I don't think that he kind of gets his dues the way that he should. If Zion can be healthy and be like he was last year and hopefully progress up from there. You know, it's it's going to be a tough sitting out this whole season, especially given the nature of the injury and the fact that much of it is just unknown to us as, as to what's actually going on. That's never a great sign. So in an ideal world, they should be a, a top three team in the West in three years. You know, you have Zion on a max contract. You... I think in three, two years, you you know, you'll have Brandon Ingram. You bring in a guy like CJ McCollum, bring in a vet point guard. You know, I think that that's a really good team. Jonas Valanciunas is a fantastic piece at center. I, I, you have all the formula is there to be competitive. They just need to actually figure it out. And I get that being in New Orleans mm-hmm. is is not helpful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, I don't really see a need, Colin, for a guy to trade for a guy like CJ McCollum right now, because I don't think the roster the Pelicans have now, Colin, is like, it's just, it's just, uh, you know, like it's just what they made up to field enough guys for this year, really. Yeah, um, really. We're just looking at their future draft picks. They have in twenty twenty two, they have um, a Lakers first round. In their first round, they have four second round picks in the 2022 draft. In the 2023 draft, they have their own pick, the Lakers pick. In 2024, they have Milwaukee's first round pick from Drew Holiday trade, the Lakers' first round pick from the AD trade, and their own first round pick. Um, and then in 2025, they get another Milwaukee first and their own first. Um, so we're looking at, in the next three to four years, we're looking at a ton of chances for them to draft well. Um, you're just looking for, you know, don't play Zion this season. It it doesn't matter yeah. anymore, Colin. Like sneak into the playoff playing game if you can, but just take things slow. Um, I I don't see any rush here for the Pelicans to you know trade away any of their promising young guys. Like I like Josh Hart next to a Zion. I I think that's a I think that's a pretty good yeah. fit. Um, you know I like um Herb Jones, awesome Trey Murphy, their first round draft pick. Hopefully they can develop. Mm-hmm. Um, they just need, they just need to hit, um, I don't see the need to go out and do, why are they buyers, Colin? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, on that list, like, if they were to buy Eric Gordon, I'd be like, okay, whatever. Like, uh, you wouldn't give much up. Maybe you give up one of those second round picks. Cause it's not like the Rockets mm-hmm. 
need Eric Gordon. So whatever, you give up a second round pick and you bring Eric Gordon in and he's a nice veteran presence because, you know, maybe they're sitting and they're looking at that lineup like saying we don't really have a guy like Eric Gordon who like knows how to win. And there, there's something about like the, the knowing how to win that makes sense but at the same time is way overplayed. Like I think it mm-hmm. it works really well when you're talking about you you've got a a locker room of a bunch of young guys who just have never been on winning teams, and so I think it's more has to do with building the culture of a winning mm-hmm. team than it is like yes. oh this guy like doesn't know how to win a basketball game like that that's stupid, but there is something yes. to be said about. Hey man, like I've been around the league. Like this is how James Harden preps. This is how Chris Paul preps. Like this is what you do to be successful. Because I- I'm looking at this. Is Jonas Valanciunas the only guy on that team that has really been on a successful franchise? Hey, Tomas Sadoransky went to the playoffs, dude. Come on. Oh, okay. Well, I yeah, I wouldn't say that Tomas Sadoransky <laughs> is the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean. You've got a guy like Garrett Temple on there who's just been around the league forever, but <laughs> I, uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be hanging my hat on on Garrett Temple's locker room presence. I don't think Brandon Ingram's going to Garrett Temple for advice. Yeah, exactly. So you know, bringing in a guy uh, like Eric Gordon, if that helps, then yeah, go for it. He'll help you win an extra game or two. You know, I think that's for certain. <laughs> but. How many teams are going to fall for the Robert Covington trap till they realize this guy is not the player he like, was like boogie. three years ago? <laughs> uh, I was about to fall for it until I watched him play once, and I was like, wait, why is this guy getting like cooked all the time? I was like, wait, <laughs> that's act- like why I wanted him. Robert Covington's actually like a very good team defender, Colin. Like he's very good um, just like defensive intelligence, but uh, one-on-one, he's just not that guy anymore. He's had too many injuries, and he's just a bit older. He gets absolutely cooked, but he's still a good team defender. Um, Moving from the Pelicans, Con, we'll get into some 2022 All-Star Game news. The Slam Dunk Contest expected lineup, Con, in the beautiful city of Cleveland. Obi Toppin, ain't no stopping. That's a good one. I like that a lot. A surprise, not a surprise here, Colin. Honestly, I would have gone for a different guy on the Warriors, but Juan Toscano Anderson is in here. Dude, that, that I didn't know he had hops, to be honest. Uh, he had an absolute poster earlier this season, Colin, on Rudy Gobert. It was very nasty. Oh uh, yes, okay, okay. Yes. I, yeah, I, I think they watched that. that one dunk and they were like, "All right, cool." The Warriors. <laughs> I, I would have had, I would have had the mitten, Colin. Yeah, I would have too. That's where I thought you were going with it until I pulled it up and saw that. It wasn't. And I like the this last yeah. slam dunk and the last slam dunk contest contestant, Colin, Mr. Cole Anthony of the Orlando Magic. Um, people may read that name and be like Cole Anthony. Um, go look up Cole Anthony's yeah. high school and college <laughs> highlights. About to say. And this guy <laughs> absolutely can yam, Colin. Dude, Cole Anthony, like, I'm telling you, if I'm the Magic, I love where I'm at. I think the Magic are about to be so good in three years, like so good. I they've embraced the tank and they've got a lot of talented dudes on that roster. And Cole Anthony is one of those dudes. I, you know, you know what? I'll I'll say this, Noah. 
when Zach Levine won the dunk contest, he was like a second-year player on a Minnesota franchise that was just absolutely dog shit. And then that Minnesota franchise never figured it out, but it had a ton of young talent. I'm just saying. I'm just saying there, mm-hmm. there's something there. There's something there. Yeah. I, I'm hoping that Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs are the Magic's backcourt of like the next five, six years. <laughs> really. Yeah. I, I, I believe in those guys. Um, hopefully this dunk contest is a little better than last year's con. Last year's, you know, it's just pretty mid because years. no fans. Can, do you oh, know who won yeah, last that's... year's? Uh, no. No, was this like Ant- some Anthony Simons? Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I mean, dope for him. But Let's yeah, go. like last he year's didn't up. count, Colin. These yeah, guys were year. literally just dunking in an empty gym. <laughs> like... <laughs> it might as well have just been like a McDonald's commercial from the nineties. Literally. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good dunk contest. Obi Toppin can yam, Colin. Jalen Green is. Very athletic. Wanchus Gano Anderson's got some hops, and um, I'm picking Cole Anthony right now yeah. to win, Colin. Uh, I'll I'll go with Obi Toppin purely because you can't be stopping him. Like, and in in a dunk contest, I think that carries enough weight to actually pull you through and win. No, Tom I, Thibodeau's I, probably going to be pissed. He can't pull <laughs> Obi Toppin early out of the dunk contest. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Thibodeau after two dunks is like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, no. <laughs> Let's put Derrick Rose back in. <laughs> <laughs> Derek Rose's knees explode on the way up His ankles snap on the way down <laughs> He still dunks that they give him a 10 Yeah Tom Thibodeau picks him up and throws him in the hoop Alright, no, I was <laughs> I was thinking Is there any worse sporting event To not have fans at Than the dunk contest? Like <laughs> Like Because the dunk contest is purely just how loud and excited can I make these people by doing this thing? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't like, think of anything worse right now, honestly. I, I, like, as soon as you said that they had one, I was like, I don't really remember that. And now that you say it, I remember the Anthony Simons winning. But yeah, I, that was the least intriguing thing that they possibly could have had. Like I think, three- Colin, all yeah. I remember, all I remember from last year's dunk contest was like empty, empty arena, guys going up to dunk. The commentators are talking and they're playing like that one song. I think it's Cupid Shuffle where they're like, "Clap, clap, clap, clap your hands." <laughs> no, that's uh, that's the the cha cha slide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The cha cha <laughs> slides playing in the background. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's tough. Oh, okay. So the the dunk contest is is going to be better this year. But no, something that I don't usually tune into that I'm actually incredibly excited for this year, the Rising Stars game. Yes. Um, this. Uh, <laughs> oh. 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 I don't Siri. think my like Siri That's went up. off. <laughs> um, oh, yes, Colin. The 2022. Clorox Rising Stars game. Um, <laughs> Could they have picked a word sponsor? <laughs> Clorox dropped a bag on this game. Um, they actually announced Bag-a-wipes. on the rosters, uh, the rosters, and that they'd be going with a new format. Colin, I'll read the new format to you. Oh, I twenty-eight see the new players format. are. 
Yes, so 28 players comprising of 12 rookies gone, 12 sophomores, and four members of the NBA G League Ignite developmental squad um, will be available. And they'll be drafted into four teams gone, coached by 75th anniversary team members Rick Barry, Gary Payton, Isaiah Thomas, and James Worthy to compete in three games on Friday, February 18th. Um, the Rising Stars draft will consist of seven rounds with the 24 NBA players selected in the first six rounds and the NBA G League Ignite players going in the seventh. The order of the selection in the first round will be determined by random drawing with a pick order reversing in each subsequent round. Each so game will be draft. played to a, yes. Each game will be played to a final target score, ending with a made basket or free throw instead of with the clock running out. It will be a race to 75 to celebrate the league's 75th anniversary season. Games 1 and 2 will be played until a team reaches 50. Game 3 will be played until a team reaches 25. And Game 4 being played till 75. Um, cool. I, I'm, like, down with the new format, Colin. Like, there's no reason not to, like, like who, there's, there's no reason not to experiment. So, th- this quote just sticks with me. It was, probably like a, it was probably two or three years ago, but it was on part of my take Big Cat one time. It just goes, I think Adam Silver, just once a month, goes on NBA Reddit and takes one idea and presents it to everybody and just, like, says it out loud to the point where everyone's like, hey, that's, like, an interesting enough idea. And I think, finally, one of those ideas crept through. (laughs) This feels like something that somebody somewhere on Reddit proposed. It got, like, 14 upvotes, and Adam Silver just happened to be (laughs) one of them. Uh, Yeah, I mean, dude, NBA Reddit's got some power, Colin. They literally brought to light that Kyrie could play, and the NBA was like, hey, 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 he can't do that. (laughs) It took took 24 hours for Woj to figure out that he couldn't, too. Like, it didn't get shut down. (laughs) Uh, Let me me read the rosters to you here, Colin. So, the 12 rookies that were picked for this game. Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, our boy Ayo, our boy Chris Duarte, Josh Giddy. Jalen Green, Herb Jones, baby, Herb Jones, yes, uh, ma'am. Davion Mitchell, Evan Mobley, Alperin Shengun, Jalen Suggs, and Franz Wagner. Mm-hmm. Sophomores representing Khan, Precious Ochua, Cole Anthony, LaMelo Ball, Desmond Bain, Sadiq Bey, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Maxey, Jaden McDaniels, Isaac Okoro, Isaiah Stewart, and Jayshon Tate. And then the four G League Ignite guys, Colin, we got uh-huh. Marjan Beauchamp, Marjan Beauchamp, um, a Frenchman. We got okay. Dyson Daniels, Colin, a.k.a. The Vacuum. Uh, oh, yes, sir. I just made that up because his first name was Dyson, but I like I, it. I was going to make a vacuum a, joke, so. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Colin. So I know this guy, yeah. Dyson Daniels, uh, Jaden Hardy, and maybe the best name on this list, Colin, Mr. Scoot Henderson. Scoot! I love that. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'll say this about the G League Ignite guys. They all have fantastic names. That is facts. <laughs> um, like, maybe we should. Maybe we can get two, two friends, Colin, and on the episode next week, we we draft. We, we draft. We draft. Out, that'd be, I, I'd be down. That sounds kind of cool. Dude, that's how, you know what I love about it, too, is that if these rosters are only going to run seven dudes deep, like... We're going to get to catch every single one of these fellas, like, playing solid minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead of... Yeah. You know, I know that they, they yeah. always try to mix it up, but, oh, man, that's actually... That's really cool. 
And no, do you know when they? Oh, sorry, you said Anne. I thought you said damn. Do you know when they Um, announced the All Star reserves? Because seeing Lamelo's name on here makes me think that he's not going to be in the actual All Star game. Um. So they actually will announce it on February third. So tomorrow. tomorrow. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Um. Colin also having another event in between games two and three of this called the Clorox Clutch Challenge. Um, to see it's how a time shooting competition. It's a time shooting competition. <laughs> a total of eight NBA players will be divided into four teams of two and compete to make shots from five locations on the court tied to iconic shots made in the NBA playoffs. Each team will compete with one shared ball and its players must alternate so no player shoots two times consecutively. Um, and you're seeing who can make the shots the fastest. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of sick. It sounds like I'm tuning yeah. into this. Like, All-Star Weekend sounds like, I, I don't know. This Every once in a while, a sport will have an All-Star Weekend, and it's almost exclusively the NBA or the MLB, because I don't give a crap about the Pro Bowl. That I'll, like, randomly, like, every three years, I'll be like, you know what? Like, the MLB All-Star Game, I'm kind of stoked for and uh, like the NBA All Star Game, like let's go, let's ride. This is gonna be sick. The uh, the All Star Game last year, Colin was supposed to be in Indianapolis, and I was one hundred percent going to go because that just seems like, you know, Why something not? that. Yeah, that seems like something you, you don't want to miss out on if it comes to your no. city. Like, who doesn't want to go see a slam dunk contest and the three point contest? Um, it's coming back in twenty twenty four. I fully plan on going, Colin. I'll have more money by then, and I I want to go to an All Star Game so bad, man. Um, should we yeah. should we pony up and go in Cleveland? <laughs> no, huh, I'm good. Unless Let's vacation in Cleveland. If the bench, if we set up a GoFundMe and the bench chatter listeners like donated for our trip to Cleveland, I think we would have to go. Do you think they would? Uh, do you think they'd invite us to the after party at Dave and Buster's? I th- hmm, I don't know. Like, if we get press passes for sure, I think it's all going to hinge on our ability to get press passes. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, All-Star game. Pay for us to go to Cleveland, guys. Come on, please. Boom. Come on. Figure it out, guys. All right. Um, moving in, Colin, to some of the heavier-hitting news. Um, we got a lot of Wizards news, Colin. I'm going to read you the news, and then I kind of have to ex- – I'll explain to you just the situation that I think the Wizards are going through right now. So, piece of news number one, Colin, is that Spencer Dinwiddie is pretty likely to be traded here at the trade deadline or before the trade deadline. And this report came out, Colin, that Spencer Mm -hmm. Dinwiddie speaking up in Washington Wizards locker room wasn't welcomed. Dinwiddie had a quote saying, It's an interesting situation. I spoke up a little bit early on. It wasn't necessarily welcomed. And so, like I said, I try to do whatever's asked of me. At the end of the day, everybody has a role to play. It's about being accountable in your role and doing that to the best of your ability. That's really all I've got. Um, And the Wizards are a very interesting team, Colin, because Spencer Dinwiddie is one of the... the, This Wizards roster is pretty young, Colin. They're they're built out of a lot of second, third-year guys, um, and then Brad Beal and and Dinwiddie, really. Um, Dinwiddie and Brad Beal are really the two veteran leadership pieces on this team. And... The Wizards have a very, very interesting decision here to make, Colin. Um, 
After this season, Brad Beal will be up eligible for a Supermax extension, Colin. He is looking to be paid $46 million annually for the next five years um, if the Wizards wish to offer him that. And I just want to hear your opinion, Colin. Do Is it in the Wizards' best interest to offer that to Brad Beal? Hmm. If... No. No, I, I don't think it is. I think that paying Brad Beal that kind of money will make you the trailblazers light with Damian Lillard. I don't think that mm-hmm. Brad Beal is nearly as good as Damian Lillard. I think we watched a franchise that I think is pretty comparable, honestly, just in terms of market size, um, fandom, attraction. I think that the Trailblazers actually have a bit more history than the Wizards. And I'm not going to say that it hasn't worked out for them because the Trailblazers for the last decade have been an pretty competitive team they've had some really cool moments they've been to a western conference finals and although you might want to knock that getting to a western conference finals this last decade has not been an easy feat so you get that as your ceiling and i don't even think it's that Mm -hmm. with brad beal so to me Mm -hmm. why it's just it sucks that you've chose to try to rebuild around him and never got anything for him but you know that's that's some cost at this point. You got to figure out how to move forward, and I don't think moving forward with Brad Beal is the answer. And it sucks because I think that they're going to be in like a five-year tankscape. Like that's just kind of what you got to do now. Yeah, I I agree, Colin. I, I'm Bradley Beal's under contract this year. Then he has a player option for next year, and then he's a free agent in 2023-24. Um, I have a hard time, Colin, thinking about why we're offering to pay this guy $46 million for the next five years when $46 million, Colin, is number one player on a championship-type team money. And I especially don't like this after that Spencer Dinwiddie news is coming out, Colin, because, you know, um, you know, production and stats really only play one part of you deciding if a guy is worth being your franchise player. I mm-hmm. think intangibles play a pretty big role into, you know, putting your trust into a guy, putting this much money into a guy. And the fact that this Wizards locker room wasn't very receptive to Spencer Dinwiddie, a guy who's been there, done that, gone, been a veteran yeah. in the league, trying to speak up, trying to garner some leadership in that locker room. I, I don't like that, that they weren't receptive to that. And I no. think that comes down to Brad Beal being their leader. And I don't think he has the intangibles, Colin, of a $46 million guy. No, I, I don't think so either. And there's definitely something to be said about just that locker room that the Wizards have. I mean, it's, you know, when you bring in a bunch of new guys, like Kuzma, KCP... Uh, Montrez Harrell, you're kind of defaulting to the guy that's been there, and, and Dinwiddie obviously is new, which is Brad Beal because he's been the cornerstone of that franchise for two years now, and he's been the you know, no, yeah, he's been a cornerstone for like eight years now, I think, 
whenever, you know, there were all those him and John Wall years and Otto Porter Jr., who's kind of a, a bull's bust, which we love. I just I don't like the idea of franchises paying these supermaxes just because they can. Like mm-hmm. to me, it's there for your small market teams so that they can retain guys and your big market teams because they can say screw it, we're willing to spend three hundred thirty million dollars over the cap space and whatever. We'll just be in luxury hell. So why pay him? It just it doesn't make sense to me. I, I'm trying to think of like a, another comparable contract that like, <clears throat> I, 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 there's not really one out there where a player like that I just don't think is that good like Brad Beal. Not that I don't think Brad Beal's good. I just that's not the kind of money that he deserves. It's just not. There's no reason to pay him that much. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think case in point right there. Yes. Um, I agree with you, Colin. I, I, I'm, I think the Wizards could tank, Colin, and, you know, they have good young guys that they need developing. Um, I, I just think they need to, you know, they need to, they, they can't look at their situation right now, Colin, and then look at the Blazers and they're like, this can be us in like three years. Um, they just got to cut the, they got to cut the ties, Colin. I, I, I'm trying to trade this guy. Um, that leads us into these next two pieces of news, Colin. Mm-hmm. Washington Wizards all-star guard Bradley Beal met with a specialist earlier this week to examine his injured left wrist, and he will be reevaluated again in approximately a week. Sources tell ESPN Beal has been experiencing swelling and pain in his wrist. Um, I don't think this is that serious, but Beal is not going to play for a little bit here, Colin. And this led to reports saying that Philly would be open to targeting Bradley Beal trade but they're firm on not adding Maxi or Typel to the trade package. Um, this trade package would be based around Mr. Ben Simmons, Colin. Um, mm. I I don't know if I'm – it, it depends what they're getting. I'd rather have draft picks than Ben Simmons, Colin. But yeah. if the Wizards aren't fully committed to the tank and they, you know, they could trade for Ben Simmons here, Colin, and they are extending – the timeline of at least having a superstar in Washington, correct? Yeah, and it's a younger superstar who really, like, as much as there is out there about Ben Simmons, the guy's still 25 years old. Like, he could unlock something. He could find something that he just didn't have in Philly. It does seem as though Philly is toxic, at least for him. So I don't know if there's things that he can do in a place like Washington that he can't do in Philly. It's a gamble. It's a gamble that I don't know if I'm willing to take, but I like that better than keeping Brad Beal for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about it, Con, and I, I just think that building a team around Brad Beal to be a championship playoff contending team I think is a bit harder than trying to build that same team around Ben Simmons because you think if you're building a team around Brad Beal, Con you still need like a top end creator point guard while also having a very good defending forward. Um, yeah. And Ben Simmons, you're getting a top end assisting shot creating point guard and a league and potentially the league's best perimeter defender. And I think Ben Simmons is just a tad bit easier to build around than Bradley Beal. I think, yeah. And so then that's the other piece is that when he walked into Philly, 
they already had Joel Embiid as the guy. Joel mm-hmm. Embiid and Ben Simmons objectively do not play they do not match up well together on a team. Having your point guard who can't shoot with the most dominant big man, just in terms of actually a paint presence, because I think Jokic is the most dominant big man, but not because he plays like a traditional big man. Embiid plays like a traditional big man is so dominant. You don't need it to be able to kick out to your point guard, and he just won't take a three. Or he won't shoot for that matter. So if you have Ben Simmons as your first piece, and then you can work around that, I think that there's a lot of options there. Yeah, uh, I I agree. I, I could be perceptive to the trade con, but the fact that they're firm on not adding Maxi or Tybal is kind of kind of tough. It's, it's um, stupid. Do the, it really do the Sixers is. know they are getting Bradley Beal, right? <laughs> so I I feel like we saw this exact same thing with the Heat last off season or two off seasons ago, where they were like, "No, we're not trading Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson. Like it's not happening." And obviously, Tyler Hero has been incredibly important for them, but now they're like. Yeah, we'll trade Duncan Robinson. And it's like, well, then, okay. So, like, it took, he like... He traded this guy and got Harden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it, it took, like, three months of him being in a shooting slump, and you're just like, yeah, no, like, this guy, yeah, <laughs> screw him. So, to me, it's like, well, why? Why, like, you can't sit here and tell me that Matisse Tybel is so good at defense, <laughs> so unbelievably good at defense, that having Brad Beal on your team is just not worth it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've talked about it before, Colin. I am not a big fan of how Maury is um, handling this situation, especially with the season that Embiid is having. But that does lead us into this next piece um, of news added, just added on to the Ben Simmons saga, Colin. This is coming... Um, by the way, of Ramona Shelburne, a very accredited reporter that works for ESPN. Mazel and top. she said that Ben Simmons is upset that Embiid seemed to blame him for last season's playoff loss when Simmons did not blame Embiid for Embiid's poor showing in the playoffs against the Raptors in 2019. Um, that is true, Colin. Embiid in that yeah. series against the Raptors, really, he, he averaged only 17 points in that series, calling on pretty poor shooting percentages. Um, this report also says that Simmons is skeptical of Sixers GM Daryl Morey's willingness to trade him because of his previous pursuit of Harden, who can become a free agent this summer. Simmons would be the best player that the Sixers would send in any theoretical trade, and he's upset that the organization is finding him so heavily after he raised mental health as an issue upon his return. Simmons this season, Colin, has lost over $19 million in fines since the season began. So, well, caveat there. He hasn't lost $19 million. He just hasn't gotten his salary is essentially what's happening, which kind of makes sense. Well, he's getting fined 360000 for every game he doesn't play. Yeah, but he's still, he's like, he still has his yes. salary coming in. So it's – he was making 360000 a game. That's what – they're fining him his salary. That's what they're doing. Yes, yes. He hasn't like had to like write a check to the seventy sixers. Yeah, he said I want he's to make lost over nineteen million, like money that he hasn't that he could yeah. have. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Yeah, no, the way that you read that article, it it paints a much better picture of Ben Simmons than I think I've really heard since this whole thing went down. I mean, that is a fantastic point, and one that I really haven't thought of is how poorly he did play in that Raptors series. You know, that was a playoffs that I, I wasn't 
terribly in touch with just because I thought that the Warriors were going to run away with it until they didn't. Uh, I, you know, I, I watched that Raptors 76ers game, but I didn't realize that Embiid played that poorly that whole playoff series. Yeah. So I, I get it then. Like, if I'm Simmons, I'm like, yeah, no, I, I, I screwed up, but, like, <clears throat> this is a team game, dude, you know? Like, this isn't just yes. on me. I will, um, I'll... I'll Go buy a <laughs> I'll, I'll make you, uh, not like Simmons again, Colin. Okay, Late, Oh, I didn't, I didn't like... Uh, farther into saying. that report, Colin, Ramona Shelburne reported that Simmons was not happy that Doc Rivers did not reach, um, out to him in the summer, um, you know, to talk about how that playoff series went and doc rivers fired back con and said that ben simmons repeatedly ignored texts and calls that doc rivers made to simmons (laughs) and that simmons was surprised that doc rivers did not show up in person con to meet with him out of like he wanted doc rivers to like you know come out of the blue and meet with him as he was ignoring his texts and calls that's some 12 year old girl shit Yeah, that's that's some that's a middle school. That's wow. That's and you know what? I always thought he looked better <laughs> on a reality TV show anyway. <laughs> Keeping up with Ben Simmons. Um, this leads us into the next piece of news, Con. Teams are this coming via Eric Pincus again. Eric Pincus mm-hmm. on his shit. Um, teams are concerned that Sixers executive Daryl Morey is tampering with Harden like they believe he did in his run with the Houston Rockets to acquire Chris Paul. You know what? If the Bulls and the Heat got tampering for what they did, which was like, what, two weeks before free agency, and it's already happening, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't doubt it. It's so tough too, like to actually define tampering because those two guys can just be like no, like we're friends, we're texting, you know. It, it's tough to to define it sometimes, but if people are thinking it, I'm gonna guess it's happening. That's kind of where I stand on something like that. Yeah, uh, I think if the Nets have a pretty if if the Nets have an early exit again this year, Con, which an early exit to them is not reaching the NBA Finals, I yeah. I would be very surprised if James Harden does not play in Philly next year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It just kind of seems like they're laying the cards out in front of us, and they're like, yeah, this is probably going to happen. <laughs> Did you see the uh, Kyrie Irving quote from today? Yeah, that was maybe the funniest thing I've read in a while, Tom. <laughs> that tweet you sent me. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, how is somebody that out of touch with just anything <laughs> so he he said uh Kyrie says he thinks about the fact that the Nets big three hasn't been together much daily he's hopeful that the pieces will come together at the right time later in the season for his team and then somebody <laughs> retweeted and said we're all trying to find the guy who did this <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> I think you should league pass that guy's like Kyrie's a funny guy. Con. I'll, I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I saw a different one. Harden said something. Oh, and then Harden came up today too and said that he, 
that uh, anything is a foul these days, and anytime you go in the paint, it means two free throws. And then somebody retweeted that with the Kyrie quote and just said, if the Nets could find more than 0% self-awareness, they'd be the best team in the NBA. Who? <laughs> 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 right. right. What a funny team. Uh, uh, what so a bunch of guys. There's your weird uh, Wizards, Sixers, Ben Simmons, Nets news, and how they're all loosely... Um, loosely related, Con. On a on our next piece of news, much sadder, sadder news, Con. Yeah, Utah Jazz forward out. Joe Ingles suffered a season-ending torn left ACL. Ingles, 34, was found to have no other structural damage in his knee, Con. But he is 34, Con, and he's a free agent in the summer, um, leading me to probably believe that we might have just seen Joe Ingles' last NBA game, Con. Which sucks, dude. It sucks. I mean, what he was doing out there in Utah, I really think I think that Utah has a very real possibility at going to the finals this year. You know, I just think that the West doesn't have a, a true team to beat. And we'll get into that. We'll definitely get into that. Um, but, man, that sucks. It it just sucks. You know, I think he'll have a career in Europe if he wants it. Or he's Australian, right? Yes, but he did play um he has he's he actually before he came over to the Jazz in 24, he spent 1 year on Maccabee Tel Aviv in the uh Europe League and before that he spent 3 years at Barcelona. Okay. So, it's not the last time I think we've seen Joe Ingles play basketball. I think he will either play in the NBL or in Europe. But yeah. um I I don't know many teams, Colin, that are itching to sign a 35-year-old Joe Ingles coming off a torn ACL in the middle of the season. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I certainly am not one of those teams. Who knows, though? You know, maybe maybe somebody's willing to take a flyer on in the middle of the season. It'll be a great storyline for two days on Twitter. Um. Yes. Uh, next Mark, piece of news coming, Colin, wait, coming away. No, Tony before Jones. we move on, should I like make a calendar note like this time next year? Just update on where Joe Ingles is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Two two twenty two. Where is Joe Ingles now? All right. It's been noted. Uh, Tony Jones reported this con that Utah Jazz guard Donovan Mitchell saw a specialist today regarding ongoing concussion systems concussion symptoms that. Um, Systems. Donovan Mitchell suffered a concussion over two weeks ago, Colin, and he's still having bad enough symptoms to where he cannot play. Um, league sources tell The Athletic that Mitchell has missed two weeks with the symptoms and did not practice today. Um, he actually suffered a concussion almost around this time last year, Colin, that um, also held him out for two weeks. And this is this is not great news, Colin. I believe the Jazz, the Jazz lost like 15 out of their 19 games in January, Colin, which included a five-game losing streak. Um, you know, Rudy Gobert most missed time. Donovan Mitchell missed time. And I think this is all just leading up to, Colin, that the Jazz need to be one of – they need to be buyers at this deadline, Colin. Like, if you can package a first in Joe Ingles, I, I think you have to. Even after everything Joe Ingles has done for you, it, it's for the better of the team. And they have to be, I think they need to be going aggressive here for Jeremy Grant, Con, or, or at least they have to get another playmaker in here because Joe Ingles was really their point guard off the bench. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah, I, I don't think that Jordan Clarkson fills that role the way that you need him to. You know, I think that that team was just so well structured. Uh, you know, I, I think that they could. No, I just I think they need to replace him to survive and get over this hump of the Western Conference. You know, it's they, uh, they're they're in like a they're in their like win now window con. This like you give it like Donovan Mitchell's not going anywhere. Rudy Gobert probably isn't going anywhere. You know, this is probably, honestly, this has probably been Rudy Gobert's best season, which is kind of nuts because mm-hmm. he's been all NBA a couple times. But, yeah, th- this really does feel like if we're going to do it, we should <clears throat> do it now type time. Yeah. Whew. All right, Noah, that does lead into the last point that we're going to talk about, which is the Phoenix Suns. They're on a tear right now. 11-game win streak. They're now 41-9. and The Suns are a very, very legit team again this season. But do we think, and I'm doing, doing my Skip Bayless, my Stephen A. Hand motions that you can't see, they are a legit contender. Are the Phoenix Suns, who were in the NBA Finals last year, a legit contender, Noah? It's 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 tough, Con, because uh, I was looking at the championship odds today, Con. I was looking to place a future. Um, the Nets and the Warriors are still the top two odds to win the championship, and the Suns are tied at third with plus seven hundred with the Bucks, Con. And I think the Suns have the regular season recipe down, Con. Um, they're a very, very good regular season team. But you look at the last five teams to win a championship, Con, and you look at the best players from those series, and it's LeBron, it's Giannis, it's Curry, and it's Kawhi. All top ten players, and Kevin Durant. All top ten players um, at the time in the league. And the Suns, as even as good as Chris Paul is, Chris Paul is in the MVP conversation, Con. They don't have a top 10 player. And I I think it's very hard to win a championship at when right, you don't then, have that then guy. I need, I need you to play this game with me then because I think I would put Chris Paul in my top 10. And I, I think, though, what you mean is you need a top 5 guy. Okay, I I can agree on Chris Paul being the top 10, a top 10 player in this season, Con, yeah. but like... At the end of the game, Day. you want the ball in Chris yeah, Paul's yeah. hands, right? But, like, do you really – do you trust Chris Paul taking a game-winning shot? Like, getting an open shot to win the game over Giannis, KD, No, LeBron. no, no, no. I like, don't. It, I it's think, tough. It's tough. I think there's tears to it, you know, because I think that Embiid could do it. Like, I think Embiid's in that tier. But I don't think Chris Paul is, even though you might say that Chris Paul is the better regular season player in terms of just getting his team to win consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm thinking about yeah. guys that are are that kind of guy this season, I think it's KD. I think it's Embiid. I think it's maybe Jokic. I think it's definitely Giannis. And who am I forgetting somebody? 
Steph, maybe? But, I mean, Steph's been ice cold. Uh, Jokic, Embiid, Giannis. Yeah. KD. KD, Curry, John Morant, Chris Paul, LeBron. Ooh, you think John Morant is... Because I don't think John Morant's in that tier. I think, like, a team with one of those four guys is winning the title this year. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah, Bucks, Nets, I, 76ers, I, or the Warriors? I put a or future Nets, down today, Colin, that the Bucks are going to win the championship. They they should be the odds-on favorite right now. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me that they're not. I think the media is just tired of talking about the Bucks, Colin. Like, Giannis got his MVPs. He got the championship. Like, that's there's no storyline anymore. There's no the drama Bucks, you know there. I mean? Like, they're just not yes. a dramatic team. Like, they just, it's Milwaukee. They just go out there and play. But when we yeah. get to the playoffs, Colin, no one wants to play the Bucks. Um, if if we get a Suns-Bucks finals, Colin, like, the Giannis factor is just too much. I also don't know if I'd tune in for a Suns Bucks finals. Like again, that just doesn't. I I think the the Bucks maybe this time would beat them in like five. Yeah. 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 I think that people just kind of get too tunnel vision with it. You know, I think that the Warriors have been a great story this year. I think that their team defense has been fantastic. But I think that if Curry's not playing at an MVP level, which he was for the first two months of the year, then I don't think that team's going anywhere. You know, Clay Thompson mm-hmm. has kind of not been a factor really since he's come back. You know, I I just you don't really hear about him. And to me, you know, I'll, I'll give the guy his time to figure it out. But I'm not thinking that the Warriors are in a place where like, oh well. If, Steph's cold. We can count on Clay to be hot. Maybe they'll get there, but they're certainly not there right now. You're looking at Jordan Poole to do that. Mm-hmm. And do I trust Jordan Poole as your number two scoring option in the playoffs? I don't know. No. Do I trust all-star starter Andrew Wiggins? Who, by the yeah. way, I said that was going to happen. You kind of clowned me, Noah. Yeah. I'll give you. I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm good like that. I'm real smart. I'm real smart. Yeah, I mean, I, I truly, I think that it's going to be Warriors Bucks. That's what I think is going to happen. Hmm. Okay. And I think that the Bucks take it in five. That's your official official prediction. At, official mid right uh, official mid season prediction. I think it's. Technically, it's midseason. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. We're a little bit. Past I'm a mid-season. rock. I'm I'm feeling you on the Bucks, Con, because I'm also financially invested, invested in it now. Yeah. The Bucks, Bucks are coming out the East, Con. The the West, like you said earlier, is very up for grabs. Um, I, <laughs> you're gonna hate me for this one, Con. I think I think we're getting the Bucks Lakers finals. Fuck you. End the podcast. Turn this thing off. No. No. Why Why would you say that out loud? We're getting a Bucks-Lakers final. If you just... Oh, yeah. You're saying... I was having a really good night. I want you to know that. And Bucks and six. 
that doesn't no that doesn't, I don't I don't want to watch LeBron and this team in the NBA finals. I've been the one to say all season that people are way overreacting and they're going to figure it out. I just don't want it to come true. Bucks Lakers final. See, this is the weakest I think the West has been in I'll give you my alternate. Years. All right, give me your alternate. Bucks Nuggets finals. I love that. I love that. Come on. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Get my man Jokic into the playoffs, Con. That's all he needs. Dude, uh, Jamal Murray, I think, is two months out. Yeah. I, they, that's all he I, needs. It's, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He he can figure it out in April, and then the uh, you know he'll have like three weeks, I think, before the playoffs to start ramping back up. The fact yeah. that that Nuggets team right now is the sixth seed at twenty eight and twenty six, and Will Barton is their second best scorer. Farton Will Barton. Farton Will Barton. <laughs> I mean. Come on. Come on. Ooh, Bucks Lakers. I like that. I hate that, actually. So, uh, screw you, dude. Screw you. Why on earth would you say that? I hope that the Lakers get bopped again. I hope that LeBron decides to retire. He'll know that he's never as great as Tom Brady was. R.I.P. the GOAT. How sad like no like how sad do you think the NFL was that Tom Brady didn't tell them so that they couldn't just every single game make it the Tom Brady show? They I'm sad, dude. I'm I'm actually really sad too. I love Tom Brady. This guy says Brady. he's retiring, Colin, he wins MVP, wins me a thousand dollars. I mean, I I want you to win that thousand dollars. I really do, because I don't think that Aaron Rodgers deserves it. I think that the Packers won one more game than the Bucs, and everybody was like, oh, okay, Aaron Rodgers. Disgusting. Aaron Rodgers got to play the Bears, the Lions, and the Vikings six times. Like, <laughs> calm down. Um. So before we go, Colin, where, where, what do you do with this Sun situation then? Like, at the trade deadline, or just... No, just like so, like the Suns before they got Chris Paul on, they they were just they were tankathon, like they were so bad for you know what six seven years. Yeah. Um, I think it's fine for them to be like, like it's gonna be disappointing to win not win a championship with this team window that you yeah. have right now. But how do you how do you how do you like progress from here? Because Chris Paul is nearing the end of his career, like. What do you yeah. do to stay relevant? Yeah, I mean, Devin Booker has jumped up to the sixth best odds to win MVP this year. Devin Booker has been on an absolute tear. I think mm-hmm. that just in terms of his development as an NBA player, there could not have been a better person to put him with than Chris Paul. I mm-hmm. think that he, I mean, he's come out and said, I had no idea how much energy these guys put into playing basketball outside of basketball. You know, kind of like I was referring to earlier with like the Eric Gordon to the Pelicans thing. I I think that Chris Paul whipped him into shape and was like, "No, like this is how you 
train. This is how you take your daily life so that you can win, so that you can do this. I think he's going to be a really fantastic player. I think that DeAndre Ayton has taken a major backseat these last year and a half for what he can really do. I mean, I'm taking a DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, McCall Bridges. Like, uh, it's not rebuild, but the future in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe you get rocky and, you know, you're a seventh seed a year or two once Chris Paul leaves. But I think you can find somebody else and, and keep this thing going for a while here. <clears throat> Man, it is... It is quite difficult, Khan, to build a championship contender around your best player being a shooting guard. No, I know it is. I know it is. But like, if we're looking at elite shooting guards in the NBA, there's not a ton of them either. So yes. if if people want to come play with Devin Booker, I, I think that people will have the opportunity. Because if I think about it... Who, Which I think people best- will, too. Yeah, exactly. I think that Phoenix is a cool enough area. I think it's close enough to L.A., close enough to Vegas. It's a warm place that it'll attract talent, too. You know? But, like, like yeah. I was – sorry, go ahead. And I was just going to say that, like, their infrastructure seems very sound at the moment as well. I think so, too. And I think that James Jones is a fantastic GM. So mm-hmm. there's that. Hey, you learned from LeBron. I mean, apparently, apparently that's that's what he did. I guess this LeBron guy knows a thing or two about basketball, <laughs> or so I'm told. Yeah, Bucks and, Lakers. Uh, yeah. All right, get the get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. This has been Ben. I can't wait. No to, one ruined it. I can't no wait to come back on that take. I can't I wait to come back on that. My day. John Morant take is still out there, so whatever. Ben Shatter's done. Noah ruined Ben Shatter. See you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Bench underscore Chatter. Leave us a like. Leave us a rating. And we'll see you on Sunday. Bye. Peace. <laughs>